Hello, my name is David and welcome to Living Life. I am truly excited to share God's Word with you, so I pray that as we go into God's Word together, that His presence may fill our hearts, and I pray that, uh, that we may just um, uh, really receive God's Word and the Word that He has given us today. Have you ever tried staring into the sun without any help? For example, without wearing uh, any sunglasses and uh, without um, any kind of buffer. Have you ever tried staring at the sun? It's kind of impossible, right? Uh, we only see a blinding, flashing light and you know, it actually it really hurts our eyes and it's actually bad for our eyes to stare at the sun directly. In the same sense, when we're in the presence of God, because God is so holy, it's impossible for us to look at His face. It's impossible for us to withstand His glory because we're so sinful in nature and because God is so holy. And um, you know, just as we need sunglasses to stare at the sun or just, just uh, like we need to take a picture in order to uh, look at the sun, we need some kind of buffer. And that buffer has become Jesus Christ. And it's because of the blood that Jesus Christ had shed for us on the cross that we're able to be in communion with God. Back in the Old Testament, in order for us to be in the presence of God, we, all, we always need to bring a sacrifice because we were constantly living in sin. So whether, depending on the type of sin that I, uh, that I just uh, did, uh, the sacrifice varied depending on the severity and the type of sin which I did. But because Jesus Christ was the ultimate sacrificial lamb, we no longer need to make atonements for our sins. We could just be in communion with God because of the buffer that Jesus Christ became. Um, as we go into today's text, which is Psalm 99, we see a proclamation of, again, of God's holiness. Uh, it says that He is holy three times in verses 3, 5, and 9. And I want us to get into uh, the context of why the psalmist is declaring God's holiness. So let us get into, uh, let us get into today's text. Psalm chapter 99, verses 1 through 9. The Lord reigns, let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim, let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion, He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name, He is holy. The King is mighty, He loves justice. You have established equity. In Jacob you have done what is just and right. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at His footstool. He is holy. Moses and Aaron were among His priests. Samuel was among those who called on His name. They called on the Lord, and He answered them. He spoke to them from the pillar of cloud. They kept His statues and the decrees He gave them. Lord our God, You answered them. You were to Israel a forgiving God, though You punished their misdeeds. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at His holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. Just like in Psalm 97, Psalm 99 starts off with the proclamation, The Lord reigns. Let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim. Let the earth shake. So again, this is not a conditional clause. This is not, is God reigning? It's not a question. Uh, 
Uh, does the Lord reign only when there is sunshine? Does the Lord reign only when I feel like it? No, no, no. This is a matter of fact, and this is just a proclamation, uh, a, a truth that's being told. And it's saying that, simply put, the Lord is reigning. The Lord reigns. And in verse 3, it says, Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. Um, verse 4, The King is mighty. He loves justice. Verse 5, Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his foot, uh, footstool. He is holy. And in verse 9, it says that God is holy once again. And this threefold proclamation of saying that God is holy, it's reminiscent of Isaiah chapter 6, uh, verse 3, when the angels proclaim, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And um, the angels are proclaiming that the glory of God is filling the entire Earth, and that's when Isaiah has a vivid image of worship that's taking place in heaven. And what's interesting is in um, verse eight it says, "Lord our God, you answered them. You were to Israel, uh, to Israel, a forgiving God, though you punished their misdeeds." When Isaiah he had a vision of heaven in Isaiah chapter six, um, when he was in the presence of God. The first thing that, he, uh, that happens is Isaiah realizes that he's a sinner before God. Because God is so holy and the angels were worshiping God and proclaiming that God is holy, 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 Isaiah realizes that he is a sinner. He says that, um, I, I am a man of unclean lips. I live amongst uh, unclean people. And he feels, he says, woe to me. He says, I deserve death. But it doesn't end there. What happens is God sends the angels and uh, with throngs, they bring this hot coal and they place it on the mouth of Isaiah and it symbolizes the forgiveness of his sins. And that's what's taking place in chapter 8. Our God, even though He is holy, it doesn't end there. He's not sitting on His throne and saying, okay, you guys are sinful and I'm holy and that's the end of the story. No, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't end there. But because God is so holy and because He's a loving God, and even though He's a God of justice and at times we receive um, uh, punishment for our sins. He ultimately wants to forgive us. He ultimately wants to love us and to save us. And that's why He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. And what happens in, in that vision of heaven is the angels, they bring these hot coals. Isaiah's sins are forgiven. And in God's presence, Isaiah says, Lord, here I am. Send me. God says, uh, God asks His angels, who shall go in my name? Who shall we send? And there, then, Isaiah is able to boldly proclaim, God, here I am. Here I am. Send me, Lord. I am here. It's very interesting because in the beginning of the chapter, Isaiah was extremely depressed because his close friend, King Uzziah, had passed away and he has this image of heaven. And in the begin uh, throughout the chapter, he feels very inadequate. He feels very depressed because he feels like he has unclean lips. He feels like he's a sinner. But after his sins were forgiven, he was, after, he was able to boldly proclaim to God, Here I am, send me. This is what's supposed to take place in our worship services today. Uh, every Sunday when we go to worship, we're supposed to realize that we are a sinner before God. But not only do we realize that we're a sinner before God, we're able to know that our sins are forgiven by the blood that was shed on the cross. And after we hear the message, God's word uh, being proclaimed through the pastor, we're able to boldly go out into the world and say to God, Here I am, Lord. Send me, Lord. 
That's the beauty of worship. That's the beauty of uh, what takes place when we're in God's presence. Uh, Even though God is holy, even though we're unable to stare Him directly in the face, we have the buffer, which is Jesus Christ. And we know that through the blood of Jesus Christ, our sins were forgiven. And once we hear the Word of God and we take it into our hearts, we're able to boldly go out into the, uh, the world and proclaim His name, proclaim His awesome name. It says, exalt, verse 9, it says, Exalt the Lord our, our God and worship at His holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. I pray that uh, as we reflect on today's message, that we may realize that God is a holy holy God, but He's not a God that is so far from us, that He is so holy for us that we have to just um, be uh, as far away as possible from Him. But because of Jesus Christ, we're able to have communion with God and we're able to go out into the world because He has given us the Word. Let's go into time of prayer. The overwhelming theme in uh, Psalm 99 is God's holiness and the justice of God. But I pray that uh, as we reflect on today's passage, that we may realize that even though God is holy, He still wants communion with us. He still wants us to be close to Him. Um, if you look in Genesis chapter uh, 3, it says that Adam and, Wal- uh, Adam and Adam even God, they kind of walked together in the Garden of Eden. And that's before sin entered the world. That's how God wanted us to be from the, from the beginning. He wanted communion with us. But it's because sin entered the world, there was a wall, a divide between God and human beings. But when Jesus Christ came into this world and when He became the ultimate sacrifice, that wall had become tumbling down and we're able to have communion with God again. Even though our God is a holy God, when we are in His presence and we ask for forgiveness of our sins, we're able to uh, receive forgiveness and we're able to be in communion with God again and we're able to go out into the world. So I pray that, that um, in our hearts that we may have true confession, that whatever uh, baggages or whatever deep-rooted sins that we have, I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ that our sins may be forgiven, that we lay down all of our burdens at the feet of Jesus Christ. May we receive forgiveness and healing today and go out into the world. Let's go into time of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the word you have given us today. Um, through the psalmist, uh, through Psalm chapter 99, we, we know uh, what a holy God you are and what an awesome God you are. You're a God of justice. And even though we deserve uh, death for our sins, because you, have loved us, uh, because you have loved us so much, you have given us your only Son, Jesus Christ, and it's through His blood that our sins have been forgiven. I pray that, um, that as we become worshipers, as we worship you in spirit and in truth, may we receive forgiveness and may we receive uh, the power and, uh, and your grace to go out into the world. We thank you, we love you, and in your precious name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world as that being in closer, see Jesus.